let's get this started, everyone. You know us, doing our best to be Dave Chappelle and start off with some fresh takes and cuts that aren't going to make the podcast. So you're joining us right now. Realize live is really the way to experience us. So with that, today we have an amazing Jammers and Rough episode with you. We don't have a special guest today because we thought, you know what? What better than the musings of Cody, Josh, and your humble state champion, Paige? What humble. up? Humble. <laughs> that was so smooth. I love that. <laughs> I get smoother and smoother with every intro, guys. Did you win it on a championship level course? That's what I want. Absolutely. Know. It was home to worlds. Yeah, it's literally a world level course. And they played a silver series there last year. Did you say sliver series or silver? Yeah. Silver. Oh, a silver series. I mean, I would uh, play a Sliver series. So. Before we get past that, though, looking at this picture of uh, Thomas Gilbert with that bag, that's definitely a pound bag that's been customized to say Prodigy on it. Well, so when I looked it up, it says, the actually, Levi, the owner of Pound, commented, said, we do not license the Octothorpe to Prodigy and believe they have simply stolen the design. I did design the BP-1. However, they changed it to the point of being unrecognizable for my original design. They also refused to pay royalties that were outlined in our contract. So needless to say, I don't agree with their business practices. Well, I agree with Levi. From well, the words of Levi. You heard it. But then that goes folks. like that goes back to our like my original point, which is like you don't necessarily agree with their business practice, but you're kind of paving a way for them to sell almost all of their prodigy bags because you just took the market that or your your bag that's the most accessible. And you're up in the price from like the 280, 300 mark to now 460 in the Rufus. So they went from affordable where you're going to have like, should I get the Prodigy or should I get the Pound? Now all of a sudden you just created like that other like mm -hmm. tier. And now people that are going to try to save some money are going to go directly to now Prodigy, Squatch, and, you know, other competitors. Because that, that looks, oh, it's like identical. Look, it doesn't that. even have the rail. Like, so they go railless. And that's the mm. only other bag besides pound that aren't doing the rails on the bottom. So oh, yeah, they yeah. are like like I feel like something like that is extremely noticeable. Like that's pound design. Well, even look at the bungee at the front. Like that's pound. And then but the the other people have done bungees in the front, so I don't want to be like that's only pound. I'm talking about like the things that make a pound to pound besides the shape are like the the, the shoulder straps and yeah, the, the straps, the pockets, the side pockets. I mean Yes, other companies have done bungees, but in the exact same configuration. Yeah. And so, you know, it's tough, but, like, yeah, that's – so I, I feel like, too, like, I think Levi needs to get ahead of this, and maybe that's what they spent this last year doing because they announced this, like, what, a year and a half ago, Thomas Gilbert had it, and then Levi came out with that statement, and then nothing has really happened on Prodigy's level, so maybe they worked it out on their back end, but – this sets precedent because if Prodigy gets away with it and nothing was worked out, then all of a sudden Grip is coming out with their beta instead of, you know, Apex or whatever. They're coming out with their version of it. You have Trilogy that's going to come out with their version of it because, you know, it's just feasible. But you can't go to the Prodigy website and buy this bag right now. It's October 13th they're releasing it. Oh. Yeah. Wow. I, I I would not be surprised if on the pound page because Levi is pretty active there and the pound company is. I wouldn't be surprised if they said something. He's, I mean, they've been talking about it for the last like year and a half. Like, but I also think like because one of the ways he got his start too was like he sold one of his patents to the U.S. government, um, 
for like the backpacks and made quite a bit of money went over to mystery ranch like left there and started pound um this is just a guy that i feel like if you're selling your patents to that high of level you have to have like a lawyer on retainer in order to have these conversations and so that's where like i feel like you know if anybody in the disc golf world is going to get started it's not like the grips or the quickie stick where it's probably some guy that started to go fund me and made the quickie stick and then everybody copied it like i don't think it's like that i think Levi probably has a little bit more like stranglehold on like his own copyrighted design and should be able to push it. But like I said, I, I get worried if, you know, if there isn't that stance for him to stand on because there's enough differences, who's next in line? Because these are, I think, the optimal bags like for disc golf. I don't think you can design it much better than the way Pound does. Do we have yeah. anyone that knows bag law? Anyone? Bag law? Bird, I, I know bird law, but I don't know bag law. <laughs> I don't know bag law, but one thing I do know is that the Rufus is overpriced. That's well, that's <laughs> for the people that are just joining. That's that's what got us on this conversation because the Rufus, when it came out, was $299 and now it's $459. Like, what, what just happened? And that was what two weeks, three weeks ago or something? Yeah, I mean, I, I can build it. a custom cheaper than they're selling their like. I don't even want to say the word because I don't want to say it and Paige will make fun of me. <laughs> so I, I don't what, feel like it made fun of within the first 10 minutes of our podcast yet. So I think you should say it. No, I can't. I won't. Say it. Oh. Just say it. I got to say this in the whitest way possible. Omakasi? I don't Omakasi. <laughs> I'm so, I'm overthinking it. Just let me go back to making my pet, my Rufus. Okay, I'm very upset. It's an Oma case. Oh, it's an Oma case. Say that as I'm drinking a I'm drinking a Bud Light lime. Bud Light lime. Hey, <laughs> don't hate on Bud Light limes, okay? I, yeah, I will. Somebody wrote in the chat. Yes, the Rufus is 4.59. We're kind of just speculating like what this is gonna do and the implications that are coming from it. You know, me, it's like it pushes people to Prodigy because you know here's a price point that people agree. 250 260 is a good place to buy a bag anything over like it becomes like yes it's worth it but you have to make sure you navigate correctly same thing like you know ridge roller i think it's absolutely 100 worth the price because i own one but also i realize a zuka for 200 dollars might be more suited for a lot of people because you know it's you know 500 less and the subtle differences you might not notice on your home course if it's flat but here in oregon i notice the differences quite a bit when like I hit a root and my Zuka face plants all my discs and the original mm. doesn't. Yeah. Um, additionally, like I think with the pound, like, oh, people, are they people that have never tried a pound bag when they go to Prodigy's version? Are they going to notice the differences? You know, no, they're not because they don't know the differences. I mm. might notice a difference, but I also am not going to jump down to like I didn't buy a Squatch bag because I know. I have the better version in my pound bag. So like, why do I need to go down? But I feel like they're like the Rufus was designed to hit that marketplace perfectly. The two fifty to $300 range and make pound accessible for the first time in a long time. And all of a sudden now they're kind of shooting them. Like, I think they're shooting themselves in the foot by making a $400 like version of their Rufus. Oh, it's like $500. And what I don't understand is they're the customs that they're making right now. I can actually build a custom with all the options for cheaper than they're selling these like six bundles for. I don't get it. So am I missing yeah. something here? What's the what's the custom price at? Four thirty nine with every option added. 
Yeah. Is, is it bigger than the Carlton? Oh, it's it's more of like traditional backpack design Carlton. It's a, I think they it's hold a, about the same same amount of discs, but it's like front loaded versus like top loading. Mm-hmm. I think it's the Carlton is great. Yeah. It's just a mini form, which is like, you know, kind of think B series to the A series and grip bags. Yeah. I don't know, because like the Carlton's they're what, like three twenty nine? It's yeah. weird to think a Rufus is a hundred dollars more than that. All of a sudden and it was cheaper. Like yeah. I think and like I said, like I think they're attention. So I mean if it's more than a custom, it must be something like in like this current run that's making them pricey, or their demand is just there and like I said earlier, where sometimes you up the price to slow the demand. So you can catch up because everyone's been waiting like two, three years for the Rufus. I think AJ Bove has been on the pound bag for the last two years being like, give me the Rufus. Give me the Rufus. Yeah, actually he has. Shout out to AJ. I haven't seen him in a while. Hashtag AJ. You rock my socks. Did Prodigy announce the new bag yet? Sorry, go ahead. Oh, no, you go for it. Yeah, you got I've seen pros using the similar design to pound bags, but I've never seen them pass the pros using them. For those just joining, like to answer this question, yes, they announced it. That's what we're talking about. October 13th is the release date. Um, their team players are already allowed to order them, like their street team, not even their, their elite team. So I have a street team buddy that's already kind of ordered his and is looking at his his bags right now and kind of picking them out. And they come in quite a bit of colorways. I think there's like eight of them. I wonder who's making them. I think Alibaba was the thing. What? So it's straight, it's straight up like counterfeit. Yeah. Mm. Okay. Oh, interesting. That's good to know. Because I, I remember mean, when they they came out was like, oh no, that was Squatch. That was Squatch. Squatch is Alibaba. Squatch is Alibaba. Squatch. Isn't Squatch from Rick and Morty? Isn't there a guy named Squatch? Or is that Squanch? That's Squanch. 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 Good show. <laughs> so, by yeah, the they way. come out with like five colorways. Interesting. I'm not trying to promote Prodigy here. I think it's a good conversation to have. Because the way the market's starting to shift, I mean, I think two or three years we can be looking at like a completely different like versions of bags. Does it apply? Uh, will this drive the price of a pound down? Competition? I don't think so. I mean, I think pounds are pounds. I think the pound market, pounds. like you realize, like if you go to the pound groups, like the pounds aren't reselling like they used to because they're um, available. Remember, like I, I, exactly. you couldn't buy a pound new for years, and you were. I remember when the Nate yeah. Sexton Thorpes dropped, they were selling for like $800. Yeah, and so I think it's just one of those things like, I don't think it hurts pounds sales, but I think it's going to hurt the resale market. Just But that's everything. We're so saturated with discs right now, you can't be like, oh, here's this limited edition Luna because you know what? They just released three more different Lunas tonight. Like, you can't Yeah, but they're that. already going for $100 plus. Yeah, that's Discraft. And then in like two weeks when they release... Uh, another six-time world champion Luna. People will forget about these. Like, look at like the Proto Athenas. Like, they topped out, but I've also seen a lot that aren't selling for forty. Oh yeah, the, I see people struggling to sell them for thirty-five now. Yeah. So yeah. like, once the market gets saturated, that's what I mean. Then all of a sudden, everybody that wants them has them, and they they're on the market. So like, then they don't they're not searching as hard. The front like, the perfect time to sell is like within the first like three weeks of it. And then after that, you might as well hold on to it and see if it's going to like rise or fall or sell and break even. Yeah. I don't even think you have three weeks, honestly. Because like, the, I, mean, yeah. I mean, probably like a week. Yeah. Look like at the Glow tops. MP3s. If you're not there at USCGC grabbing Glow Lunas and selling them now, it's, you know, like once everybody gets those, you know, the ones they just released, the market's going to dip. It goes from $100 to about $50. 
Yeah. Well, supply, supply and demand. There's well, like, I mean, well, the, the now, bobo, right? The fear of missing out, I think, is 100% mm -hmm. real. It is. It is. And it's like, you know, it's a pro tip. That's a pro tip for flippers. If you're going to flip, you, you buy it as soon as it comes out and you sell it as soon as you possibly can. Pro tip for buyers, don't buy it from those people and wait three weeks. Yeah. And that's like, yeah, patience pays off. MD1s, every, like they sold out. And then here they did as a restock of MD1s. And now they're sitting on Dismania Warehouse. Like that, like being patient in this world always like nets like you the best fruit, right? Like just be subtle, wait for it. Now, I know not everybody has a network that I think like us three have where I can get like, you know, I got a Glow Sensei already and they release in like next week. Um, but it's like, if you don't have that network established, being patient and is going to kind of yield that. Like you don't have to rush and be like, I want this. I have to have it now. Everybody says it's good. Well, you know what? You spent one or six months to five years or 20 years without an MD1. Two or three weeks is nothing to wait for another disc. <laughs> yeah, yeah. If it is as good as they say, right? Which it that's is. A, and that's MD1 the thing, but sometimes they're not, though. I mean, the MD1, oh, I, I like the MD1. I think it's an okay disc. Do I think that it flies better than other discs in that lineup? Yes, yes, I do. Debatable. No, debatable. not debatable. 100% I haven't true. tried one yet. Debatable. Soon. No, 100% true. We can, we, let's go with this right now. Let's go with this right now. <laughs> <laughs> well, we could... I mean, think about it. Think about how many discs that just came out with the number seven five zero two. You have, strike I is mean, the best. Okay, I'm just. Pretty strike right? is the best. Heard it here. You barely get. You got yours after me and Josh. Just saying, and we're not even sponsored by them. And but I throw actually, it twice I did as throw much strike, as you guys, and it's nice. Points. But I mean, you have a T Bird Strike, Athena. I mean, the Yukon, the Yukon. Some. I mean, the every. Votum, yeah, everyone Yukon, has yeah. a seven five zero two. I mean, that same thing like we were just talking about pound bag. The we're in the golden age of disc golf now, where if you want something with any number, you can get it from probably every manufacturer. Yeah, it's like the that that new MB1 is the same, a very similar disc to a lot of other different discs. Like a oh, Mako no. three? Didn't someone say Mako three? Not though. But I'm just yeah. saying, like that that similar five five oh oh five six oh oh mid range has been around. Casey Rock, Mako 3, Anubis, Coyote. You have point and shoot mid ranges, Origin, yeah. right? Like the they exist. The, 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 the only reason why I think the MD1 is unique is the torque resistance that it can handle. And I throw with a lot of torque and yeah, just fucking yanking on discs, right? Listen to that humble motherfucker. But <laughs> all those other discs turn and burn, whereas like the MD1 holds true. And so for me, like, yes, I don't have an Eagle McMahon arm. You Obviously. know, I only throw a measly 620. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> but for me, it teaches me how to be a better thrower, for one. And it handles the torque that I put behind it without, you know, turning and burning. And I think that's what really makes it different, like, to me. Because I've tried all of them. Like, I've been fighting for this slot for the four and a half years that I've been playing. I've been looking for this slot particularly and this MD1 like build it instantly. Um, same thing with the strike, right? I've tried all of the T-Bird counterparts and haven't been able to like land on it. And then the strike come out and all of a sudden I can throw it like I want to throw it and it goes 425 and I can control it to 360 on any line that I envision. So then it's like I was telling my friend today, it's like night strike one, 
grab a strike. Nice strike two, grab a strike. You know, T-Bird, grab a strike. FD2, grab a strike. So like, When is Birdie going to make the glow strike? And what do you that, call it? Can't call it a night strike? No, we call it the day strike. Because we strike in the day. Good. Oh, my gosh. You're, you're like Prodigy. You're just copying the same thing. The day strike. No, purple cobras. I think we should use, like, take OTB from here and Dismania. And I think we use something like this imagery. But instead of, like, the southwest, maybe we do the northwest in the design. Haven't you already be the day strike. made Manny mad enough last week? You really want to do this again? Manny, get in here. But here, Here's the thing. So, strike is a great disc. It flies true to its numbers. I think it has actually, is it is it a 6 or a 5? 7502. Uh, oh, I, I think it's a 7602. That I thing glides it, for days. It flies more like a 6. And I, oh, uh, so I threw it several times. It's a hell of a disc. But does it knock out or even try to knock out a disc that I use in that same exact slot? No. Because I'm so used to how like the Votum flies in different plastics and it's very similar no and i think you're right like if you have that slot figured out if you were to give me this disc a year ago when i was bagging four night strike ones and night strike twos i would say no the strike doesn't because i had that spot figured out but once i got a little bit of a power up and i no longer can throw that night strike one i've spent this last year i, I shit you not looking for this slot trying to force so many discs in the slot eh eh no, uh, trying to force something just in the slot. There we go. That, you know, I couldn't fill. So the moment I grabbed the strike, I've grabbed the strike last week. This weekend's tournament, which is one of my biggest tournaments of the year, I'm carrying three discs in my bag that I'm going to be throwing off the tee, a Comet, a MD1, and a Strike. Hmm. Those are the only comet? three discs I'm going to go. Yeah, it's Woods Golf. I don't think this I've weekend, ever thrown a Comet. Comets are... Flip your origin. Flip your origin. People have a problem with the hand feel of them, but they glide for days. And that's one of those, like, if I need a 350, 360 off the tee that I can shape, that's a comet. But I, it's like a slow drift. It's not like a origin, like, turn and burn. It glides. You just give it some So high. is it more understable or less understable than an origin? I think it's right about the same, depending on it. The difference is the glide factor, which means you can give it room to work back and maintain some of that stability. Um and there's also a million runs of comets out there, but like you look yeah. at like Michael Johansson, he throws them like 350, 370 routinely, because like it doesn't take like a rip, it just takes that touch precision to watch it like just glide. It's a beautiful shot, and yeah, I only put it in the bag for this tournament. This is by far my favorite stamp of the comet. It's it's just so good. The meteor, <laughs> or, or I'm sorry, the meteor. My yeah, favorite okay. step. Let's look at a meteor. Yeah. Fucking yeah. Josh. <laughs> I know, right? Come on, Josh. What the he hell is that? Sad. I mean, so, so when we're talking about it, I just like thought about this stamp. <laughs> and what's funny is I even wrote in uh, meteor when I typed it in. So I'm like looking for this stamp, like comet meteor. Same same thing. Just crafting the work on their names. Isn't a comet like a soul though? No. So the comet. No. So the comet is the one I was thinking of. That's that's uh, flippier than an origin. What's a meteor fly like? Meteor flies like a like a Buzz SS kind of flippy. Ah, uh, I see. Sorry, if, somebody wrote in a chat. If you guys want to buy one of these hats in the background, just send me a PM. I think they're thirty. Do you got any shit. colors other than uh, gray and brown? I got this black one. <laughs> no, but I only have gray right now. Just gray, just gray. Brown, brown, bootlace, gray, 
and green and black. Oh, wait, what's green look like? Like green? What kind of green? Hunter green, dark green? Don't be like that. That's that's the green and black. That's what I said. He did say, I thought he meant green, comma, and black. Like, you know, I'm not the crazy one here, guys. Yeah, we're the crazy one. And this is this is also it with brown. This is one wore one time for this because I forgot my hat upstairs. Ew, I'll give you thirty dollars for this hat if you want it. Pay, genuine page worn. You can do a you can do a hey look guys page wore this hat. Let's see what the resells for. <laughs> As you your first throw goes into a tree. <laughs> I'm humble. I won states in this hat. <laughs> That's how good they are. Hey, even a broken clock's right twice a day. Okay. Oh. Well, I strike hard and fast, like a strike. I'm telling you, get Kevin and Derek. I want to. I want a a day a, a midday strike. I don't know. A midday after strike. strike, after strike, before strike, a deadly strike. No, no. Well, premium marbles are coming out. That's what I'm excited about too. What they happened actually, to the weapon? I thought, what happened? There was the something called out. a weapon the that's coming out. The weapon, but that was out. like. The strike was not announced and just showed up, but the weapon was like teased, and then I've never seen it. So with the Marvels and the weapon, they needed to do because they had the protos out there and they wanted to rework the mold just a little bit and probably like freshen up with like their more desired flight based off of the protos. Um, and so they're retooled. coming back out. They just had to be like reworked just a little bit. I don't know about retooled, but reworked a little bit and reimagined is my guess. Reimagined, um, it's not Disney. Who says well, I mean, reimagined? It's their first mold, right? Like retooled. That's a hot word in disc golf. Three tools. I like reimagined. Reimagined. All right. I mean, Whatever. I like reimagined because you step up to a fairway and you're like imagining how this disc should fly in this fairway. But so then you, you reimagine have to that. So like you throw it. it, huh? Then you have to reimagine what you just imagined. Yeah, because obviously the protos didn't work, so you have to reimagine. No. Because, nope. Yeah. Nope. <laughs> nope. No. 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 All right. I'm I don't like you it. guys. Just page signing out, guys. <laughs> no. Oh, I can help you with that. Hold on. So anyway, Cody. <laughs> whoa, whoa! So much violence. So much violence, Josh. It was great to see you this weekend. That was kind of cool. I feel like I haven't seen you like six or seven months. I know it's been it's been a minute. It's been a minute. It's when I, I got like to... how absolutely nothing has changed about your game. <laughs> but you guys played to get where'd you play? We went to Dexter down in Eugene. He made nobody me drive knows. to him. You know what? I call I call bullshit that nothing's What do you mean nobody knows where it is? It's Dexter? home of That's yeah, a it's, name. It's the what? US Masters course, like world like world course this year. Yeah. Never and it's it. also gonna be there next year. Okay, so you don't pay attention to disc golf. Okay, that's <laughs> that's a more look on you, not I thought on this me. Was, I thought this was a podcast about earmuffs, but whatever. No, nope. oh, talk shit about you. That's all I signed up for. If I can just rail into Cody as hard as I want every night, then I'm happy. That's what she said, baby. Mm. <laughs> it wasn't quick enough for that one. Josh, you gotta... no, that's what she said. I know. I'm looking, looking for something for Paige because. What are you looking what for? Said. You'll find out when I find it. I don't. I don't <laughs> like that. I don't like that at all. <laughs> oh. Where are you? We should get a custom. We we need to get Levi on here because I need to talk about this pound. I really want a Rufus. I have a Carlton. I like that size, but I, I the whole like top. It just I want traditional. I want to put the disc in the front yeah, and a little putter pouch on top. Is right. That's a exactly Ru- what's a multiple Rufus. Rufi. Rufi. 
Ru- okay, you can't say Rufy. Rufio? I don't know. Rufio? Ra- they, I don't know. Rufus? Rufus's? Rufus's. Just like with octopus, the multiple of octopus, there's eight correct ways to say it, which is incredible. According to Marion Webster. It's great. I'm the only one talking because you're both looking at your phone. So. No, I got this. So, Paige. So, Josh. I, uh, since the last time I played with you at Dexter, I shot six below my last score with you. Okay. Shade off six strokes from last time I played with you. Yeah, so, but you shade off six strokes because, like, nothing looked different though. You're you just hit a few more putts. No. Wow. You know what? This was a really fun time, and the last time you ever played with me, you don't get That's that fine. anymore. <laughs> if I can't talk shit, then you shouldn't be you shouldn't be playing with me. That's like ninety percent of what I do. Josh, I sent him a video of that strike. He's like, send me a video of you throwing the strike. I sent it to him. He just critiqued and ripped me apart. And he, he sent me like, a video of the strike. I'm like, fix this. Yeah, and then he's like, you need to look like me. You need to look like me. I'm like, what? He just let me have it. And then he was like, he sent me another throw. I'm like, you didn't fix a damn thing. Yeah, I picked I because I went through it like I had one throw before my volleyball match. So I did it in the field outside the school. I had one throw and ran. And Paige and so was that, still not happy. Yeah, I was like, still you didn't not. fix the thing. And he's like, I had one throw. I was like, yeah, fix it for the one throw and continue to work on it. That's one less throw that you have to fix in the future. You got to get better. <laughs> Dang it, Paige. That's kind of coaching I do. <laughs> fix so, this shit. Fix it now. That's all he says. Just fix yep. it. You're God. Yeah, tell me, he did it. just say fix it. Fix this now. Look I gave like him a me. huge breakdown. No, I mean, right. I do. I, I all do. right, Paige. I let's hear it. Like What's wrong with my game? Let's hear it. With your game? No, but it's on the putting green. That's son of a I bitch. mean, nobody wants what? to hear this. <laughs> you're spin. You're like. <laughs> Don't you judge it. He's he's uh standing there and he's like Wait, spin spin throwing to the basket. <laughs> he's like here. You he's like next, from circle. Not spin putt. Not spin fuck. Spin throw from circle one. He's just thrown straight at the basket. <laughs> Yeah. Dude, just turbo pot. Just you just wait till I have, just wait till I get it down. But no, I'm, gonna start I'm not here to, this, I'm not here to I'm bash you guys because I still have thing. a lot of work to do myself. Um, I think you have a lot of great improvements. I think you can trust your game quite a bit, and your bag you seem to know like really well. I think last year we played, there was holes you were throwing the Sphinx that you're now throwing your Pathfinder on, and I think mm-hmm. that's more correct. Like I think hole what is it, eleven, the uphill one that's slightly oh, yeah, to the yeah. right. Watching you grab your Pathfinder and throw that shot into Circle One was actually really impressive because last year you would try Roller, you would try try Sphinx, you would try so many different shots like to get up there, and it's a mid range show, right? Like three twenty, like three hundred, three twenty uphill. Mm-hmm. Um, and so watching you grab a Pathfinder, I think that's the big thing too with your sponsorship with like Thought Space Athletics. You can see your bag being more dialed in and trust coming within that. Where sometimes I can see somebody get sponsored and be like that, like. I have a buddy who got sponsored by started our street team prodigy, um, not Arturo. So if you're listening to Arturo, I'm not talking about you. I'm talking about a different buddy. Um, but he threw a lot of thumber game and one of his favorite discs was this beat in five years, like S line CD two. Well, prodigy doesn't have that. And so like he lost like this big part of his bag and it took him a long time. And like after this year of being on street team, he's already ready to get off and get back to his CD twos and CD threes. And so for me, not every sponsorship works for people, and I see it more often than not that people just want to get sponsored so bad 
that they jump on any team. Whereas, like with you, it can really start to see in your game that TSA complements you, and that it like really like works with you because you're starting to kind of find that balance with a lot of aspects of it. He asked me for a critique, Cody. I'm giving oh. him it. I'm just I'm, saying, no, I'm making I'm, it positive. I'm, I'm speaking with my my body, saying like, oh, critiques. It works with you. I'm just I'm just <laughs> gesturing. Yeah, he's just, like being nice. Just... Let him be nice when he's being nice. That's what happened. <laughs> but I think though, like it's the same battle that you've had for the last like two years now, which is that putting. Like figuring out something that's not that you can replicate relatively easy. You can sit down, even if it's Barsby esque, like get a big push up or push putt, release a high, get girthy. Like you had, you just have to find something that works for you. And you've tried so much that sometimes like sticking with it for longer periods of time might like, you know, but looking at it relatively like good form versus like, let me spin throw it at it because the only time like Knight Sexton does that is from like 150 and you're doing it circle one, you know. And yeah, so it's like, I really yeah. love that because I love that part of your game last year. I didn't expect to see you a year later now incorporating it from not approach, but now you're putting with it. So I was like, <laughs> I liked it. I don't know if I liked it that much, <laughs> but that's that's something you already know, right? Like, yeah, I, I know. And it's something that you're working you on. Already I'll be the first one to admit it. I feel like my brain doesn't work for putting. It just doesn't work. Because wait, putting it's the is timing. so mental. It's the it's the timing of it. I can I can get it down for a little bit and then all of a sudden I go to to putt and it just goes right yeah. really far. Well, and I I mean and I think it's a lot of work, like for myself included, like I've been working a lot. Like I have a buddy, like we did a practice on Monday. So I had like a 970 rated pro with me and I had my buddy who's like gearing to be like top MA1 next year, um, making that push. And he's like, he gets his like, he'll line up his putt. He pulls it down to his hip and then he pulls it back. Just like that. And then he pulls it back and he, what he was realizing was that he keeps missing right or he keeps pulling it, right? And so, like, for me, like, I've had to make that fix. Everybody's had to make that fix. Like, I don't start with the traditional, like, let me come down and then push. Like, I'm starting everything low, so now all of a sudden I just have to hit it here. Like, I don't have to do the down and up and recreate that same line twice. I start low here, and then it's boom. But for me, that took insight of knowing I generate a lot of spin, and I don't need to create this lever to generate it and generate that pop like a lot of people do. Um, so it's like finding that kind of delicate balance for yourself out and recording yourself putt. It's ugly. It's going to look ugly, but you're going to start to see how your arm is like being like recreated. Mm -hmm. And I mean, Brandon Bakes does his little spin putt here, but it's like such little movement, but it's just bring it to my chest. My chest is facing the basket spin. So everything's going to that basket. You know, and say spin when you do it. Spin, spin, spin. Because spin. if you don't do it, it's just gonna like float and dive down. You gotta say it. Yeah, you gotta say it. Spin. You're like the salt guy, salt bay. <laughs> salt. Bay. I actually put with a teeny tiny bit of hyzer. I feel more confident with that. I don't know why. Yeah, but that's so. That's it. Like right. Like hyzer. Some people are comfortable. What I realized like that for myself too, is bringing my wrist to that. I would start to miss left when I get the yips, so it dies down. So I corrected. I put, I start Anheuser, but I release flat. 
and what that does, like it really flat, but I know I'm not going to like I can recreate this relatively easy because it's a natural movement. This isn't a natural movement to me. So if I kind of come in here and start in low on this Anheuser, I'm gonna release flat. I'm gonna release flat. I'm gonna release flat. And when I don't, it's usually because I pull it because all of a sudden, like I'm like nervous of this putt. So I pull it, I miss right, which is still the miss you want to make. And then you don't have a big comeback. It's not, oh, I didn't commit because that's mental, right? Like when I limp arm my putt on a hyzer and I miss left, I that that derails me. Um, and so like starting with an anhyzer in hand, knowing I release flat has really helped me like with my mental game of the putting because I don't mind missing right. Everybody says you want to miss right. But I also know, oh, I was nervous and I pulled it. So just get a smooth release. Know that it's going to release flat. So this little things like that, I feel like I've explored a lot and, you know, like to shout out to my sponsor, Birdie, because I would have to find that different breaking point for different P2s, different PA3s. You know, when I was doing the whole putting game, but with the Marvels, I don't have to worry about what putter I'm going to use and what that breaking point is. It's the same. And so then all of a sudden I got, you know, comfortable with it. Same thing with you, Josh, where like settle in with the muses or the, the new one, whatever that is. Um, and find what that breaking point is doing. What do I have to do um, to get it in that basket while also realizing circle one is a lot smaller than people give it credit for. Today I was at the course and we're, they're playing nine tent poles and the basket was in front of this tree by the 17 feet. But we're standing there and my buddy was like, that's like five feet, that's like 10 feet. I'm like, my bushnell sells 17. He's like, no, your bushnell's wrong. That's like 10 feet. So I used my size 12 shoes and I walk it off and it's 17 feet. And I'm like, see, this is the problem that people have. They step up to a 17-foot putt. If you were to tell somebody I miss a 17-foot putt, you're like, oh, that's a tough range. You got to practice those. But when you see it in action, it's really closer than you think. And missing those, you're like, I should make that 100% because it's so short. And giving yourself that break and realizing exactly how small that circle is, that mostly often than not, when you're trying to hit like the edge of circle putts, you're probably circle two. And that's a, that's a whole different stat that you know, even the best putters are like 30, 40% at, you know. Sorry, long wind, a lot of advice. Screenshot that and save it for later. How do you screenshot, screenshot a video? You can't. No, that's what he wants you to do. Screenshot it so it doesn't make Screenshot him talking about, yeah. He's one of, he's one now, of, do you think I there's like, one correct way to putt, though? No, absolutely not. Okay, all right. Then we're all on the same page. No, we don't have to argue because I'm the same way. Because I think putting, it's, I want to say it's very much mental. It's and whatever intimate. you're, whatever you're comfortable with, straddle putt, spin putt, spush, push. You can even tomahawk it in for spin all I care. Throw. I know people that will still putt with like fairways. Yeah, I there one of the, when I was in Vegas, one of the guys were putting with like a, a old Innova mid range, and he was throwing in from like 80, 90 feet. Damn. But I don't think there's a correct like one correct way, but I think there's one correct way for individuals and that takes a lot of like inner like perspective around what and why and it's not just being like this is how eagle putts so let me put like eagle like look at maddie oh i love using maddie oh because he's so unorthodox but his putting his forehand his backhand is just as good as anybody on tour yeah hmm. i love watching maddie O play yeah. like watching maddie O and missy gannon there's something about it. Even like Sarah Hokum with her forehand, 
like let me drag this like a zombie like i dislocated my arm and then whoop, perfect <laughs> what was that noise i, I love this screenshot check <laughs> all right whoever did that message me i got a disc for you yeah hopefully it's Go we're gonna start doing more giveaways. So whoever screenshotted check, send me the screenshot. I got a disc for you. It was me. Oh, fuck you, Cody. Well, you there you shit. go, Steve. That's why we're gonna do good night. Good night. Sleepy bye time. Look. Good night. We're West You're Coast living. Page with your shenanigans. Shenanigans. My shenana strikes. Shenana shenana strikes. Is that like a Shania Twain Shania strike? <laughs> I didn't say Shania, Shanana. Yeah, Shanana but I'm strike. saying you could. You know, we got the banana misses, and now we have the Shanana strikes. Wait, the what? Banana what? Bananamus? The animuses with the banana stand? Bananamus. Oh, I do have some of those. Is yeah, that the glow one? No. I do have the glow ones, and then I have the banana ones. Banana ones are good. What? So, what time is it over there in Florida, Cody? Uh, well, they're Eastern time, some nine forty nine. Oh, you're not in Florida? No, I live in Maryland. Do you not see the shirt, bro? Because you, just, you just got Florida vibes. Um, yeah. Florida is America's wang, okay? Yeah, that's what here. you have. That's the vibes you started. carry. I did not got <laughs> it. Big, big, big D energy, bro. With your uh, stars and stripes, you're definitely America's wang. <laughs> hey, if you're going to be anyone's wang, might, might as well be America's. I don't know about that. Wait, who can tell me what show that quote is from? I'll send you a disc. That's what, that's a quote, quote from a TV show. What's the quote? Say it again. Florida, that's America's wang. They're gonna Google I, it, I guarantee, because nobody knows. I I mean I heard it though. That's the thing. Like I'm trying to remember. Fresh off the boat? <laughs> no. No. <laughs> the only other hint I'll give you is it's been around for a long time. My name is Earl. <laughs> My name is Earl. Holy <laughs> smokes. I haven't seen that show in years. Bananamus. <laughs> I knew I had one somewhere. Why didn't they call that the Bananamus? That's all I'm saying. That is what it's called. No, I'm saying I, I wanted them to change the animus. Just the Bananamus. Yeah. Like, who oh. wants an animus? An ethereal animus. I want an ethereal Bananamus. And what the heck is ethereal? Say clear. Clear. It's, like, it's like Lord of the Rings shit. I want my Mithril. Dude, Mithril? Why is there not Lord of the Rings named Ar Disney? Because we have. I want my Urukai. Grab my Urukai. Dude, an Urukai. Dude, Jammers and oh, Rob, we can have our own Dismal. Uh, there's probably copyright. I feel like Tolkien and his family would come after us. Yeah, but. The Saruman. So somebody wrote in Simpsons, Cody. Was that your quote? That was it. Oh. Did they Google it? Did they Google it? Because if you Google it, I'll find out and I'll hunt you down. That's that's true. Let's see who said it. Give me one sec. Yeah, it was it. Simpsons. It was Homer. When they were talking about going there, he's like, ew, I don't want to go to Florida. That's America's wang. Who was it? Send me a message. Facebook user. I wish we could see the names on this. I know. Yeah, I, I know, Josh. I wish you would do a better job. Josh is our technical assistance guy and... Hey. He exists for one thing, and he fails at it constantly. So, those I'm the that are listening boy. in via Spotify. Realize it's all Josh's fault that you can't oh. listen while seeing this. Uh, it's upsetting. It's upsetting. It's upsetting. It's like, disappointing. I, you know what? I'm done with you guys. That's fine. no, you're not. What are you going to sit and talk by, and for an hour quit. about banana misses? I'm just going to. Yeah. Quit. What I'll do is I'll just do this. I'll stop. He's my just going to talk for an hour. Here's my. Can you still hear me? 
You can hear Here's me. You my ethos. And not a, not a thing was missed with this. <laughs> this little this little demonstration, not a thing changed. Not a thing is missed. Here, that's it. <laughs> oh, you're an asshole, Stephen. Stephen Heath. All right, Stephen Heath. All right, send me a message, boy. All right, and don't forget, whoever screenshotted mine, send me something. I'll do a mystery discount. Screenshotted what? What are they screenshotting? His advice, his advice, man. Yeah, it's just gonna be you doing this. That's your screenshot. That's fine. That's our next uh Gemmers in the Rough t shirts. Oh, I'm pulling this up though. I know it's all I know we already talked about it, but it's gotta be said. My mind bender is much less torque resistant than my Buzz SS and my Mako 3. I think you're wrong. Wow, hot tank nope. page. Hey, nope. how do we get viewers telling them they're all wrong and they suck? No. I mean, if that's for you, I just, I mean. That's it, Paige. That's turn your screen experience. off. Turn it off. <laughs> turn turn him off, Josh. All right, hold on. Wait, I'm gonna start my video. Yeah, we uh, can only have him out. Good. Even, That's what you get. Time out for at least five seconds to think we about have what we're here. Yeah, we have timeouts. That's what happens. Man, give timeouts. Me he's gonna come back on. I guarantee his middle fit. Oh, he's on his phone. <laughs> that was a timeout. <laughs> oh man. But I will Damn. say uh, Buzz SS's are a little bit more torque resistant, which is why I bagged it for a while. But I will say there was a flight integrity that didn't exist that I couldn't trust that I can with my MD-1. You know, like sometimes my Buzz SS would flip and turn and be perfect. And sometimes it would hyzer out. And the MD-1, now I know any line I put it on is just going to hold. And I can start to trust that. Um, that's my experience. I think you're, you're, you can be correct. Um, if you like, oh, I know no, there's a lot of Buzz no, SS actually, throwers no. out there that absolutely laser them, and I think they're probably second best next to the MD1 in this slot because they're just absolutely amazing. I have Make some threes from garbage. Alex, so I do want to try it. MD1 or Buzz SS? MD1. No, I threw a Buzz SS one time and I lost it. One throw it was a titanium Buzz SS, and I was like, oh. And it was when I first started playing. I didn't know what SS stood for. I was like, oh, okay, I'll throw this. Super Soldier. It just went. It just went hard right, and it never came back. It just never came back. I never saw it again. Never. Yeah, I've done that too, uh, with the Essence. I've had the Essence go away and never come back to me at Dexter. Yeah. I haven't lost many discs, and I don't I write lost, my name on any of them. I lost a disc so. today. I lose so much discs. Yeah, but so I don't many, lose as much? many discs now that I'm like shots that I could easily just use a mid-range for and just start using mid-ranges. Where are you I'm, losing all these discs? In the woods at Dexter, the course you never heard of. Well, obviously, so I don't want to go of, there if you lose so many discs. What's the there? point of asking why? You why? What, like, so, where, like, are you just throwing bad throws? Are you this bad? What is happening? No, why there's are you a losing lot of ferns, discs? there's a lot of overgrowth. If you get off the fairway, um, it could just be difficult to look for. It's woods golf, yeah. Like, there's oh, a lot of Maryland's all woods golf, baby. I know what you're talking about. Well, we Doesn't have like good. actual like evergreens and greenery, we don't have like foliage. 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 I can see an image of Maryland Woods. Yeah, that's garbage. You got shrubbery. Okay. Do you say charcuterie? Like a board? Charcuterie bird? <laughs> but yeah, Dude, I'm, hey, I'm all about, I mean, Woods Golf, that's why I play with uh, a lot of mids. Yeah, My tomb, tomb gang. Like Dexter doesn't require more than mids. I mean, besides a couple. Uh... Who is this? I want to know. Paige, check your PM. I want to know who Facebook user 97135 is. Right. Let's, see if I, let's see if I can figure it out. Let's see if I can figure it out. 
Josh is just looking at frisbees and he's like, I'm gonna hey, figure this it's out. Cruz Sanchez. Cruz Sanchez. Oh, he I'll screenshotted it. Hopefully, it's just the worst picture of you. Just. Oh wait, Stephen, he sent me two. I got two people sending me a screenshot. I just said one. Who's the first one? Well, Stephen Heath wants something for me. What are you? Yeah. All right, so I'll give it to Cruz Sanchez. Yeah, <laughs> I want to go there. A gremlin. You get a gremlin. Look in the woods for the disc they lost. Yeah, there's probably a lot in there. I mean, I found I found lost disc in the woods a lot, but I don't lose mine. Yeah, I don't put my name on it until I like I for sure gonna bag the disc. So there's a lot no. of lost discs with no name, no number. I okay. have never, never, never put my name on my disc since I started playing. Uh, See, that guy game. gets it. This I guy gets it. it. No, no, no. That's a cool one. I like that one. Because people are always like, I only ink the disc I'm going to keep. Two weeks later, disc for sale, inked inner rim. <laughs> if I, I ever like... become part of the PDGA, like, the first rule I'll change, no ink on disc. Not. Well, oh my I gosh. Mean, it's one of those things that they don't really enforce. It's never been enforced. No tournament I've ever played has been like, wait a second, where's your where's your ink at? Well, and have if, you you really, the if they're really, silver Sharpie wipes completely off even years down the road. And so does a tile pen that you can buy at Lowe's for like $2. But have you read the rule? What? It just has to be distinguishable from another a person's Uniquely disc. identifiable is the word. I use yeah. invisible ink. Get your black light out no, and show this, it. this with no ink is uniquely identifiable if nobody else is throwing this on your card. It's a mm. unique custom stamp and that you can identify as yours. Nobody's going to confuse this because nobody else is throwing this. And that's okay. where I like custom stamps for me because it's uniquely identifiable. You grab a, what is this? One of, you know, fifteen hundred or whatever. You know, there's only what the heck is that? It's an envy. But like, there's only like fifteen hundred people that are throwing it, and what are the chances that there's another person at that tournament? And it have to be the same foil and all that stuff. Exactly. So it's like uniquely identifiable. So there's also like, you don't have to use ink. You can just make That's the right. argument you that don't. people listen to him. I agree with Paige. You do not have to use ink. It's the <laughs> devil. It's terrible. That's the, that's the hill I'll die on. 40 episodes later, Cody agrees with Paige. Let's go. Because you guys. know how much I hate ink. I hate it. I hate, I hate it. it. I, hate it I would take a 5 out of 10 disc I don't uninked it. over a 9 out of 10 inked. Ugh. I don't it, it. it even hurts me to have somebody sign it when I ace a hole. Ew. That, well, I've never aced, so. <laughs> Loser. <laughs> Yeah, but if someone's like, I'm going to sign your disc, I'm going to say, no, you won't. No, you no, won't, you, boy. No, you won't. <laughs> Not today. We will fight over this. <laughs> I think this brings us, we're hitting about 7 o'clock. I'm all fired up now with ink. Like, mm. Let's just start out with you, Cody. Let's hear your final thoughts. Ink sucks. That's my final thought. Ink sucks. Don't write on your disc. That's for hillbillies and mountain people. I'm, I'm kind of both. But still, don't do it. Hillbillies and mountain people. I'm both. Uh, <laughs> I want Rufus Levi. If you hear my plea, please don't make it five hundred dollars. Please. Um, don't copyright stuff. That's what I'm gonna end my night with. Be unique. Come up with your own stuff, companies, not just recycled things. That's well, it. Manny. That's sorry, Manny just showed up late. So thank you for showing up late, Manny. Uh, Cody said some things that would probably piss you off. Like no, 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 no. I do apologize Manny, for back Cody, and, but Manny, uh, go back and watch it. I even said Paige probably... is gonna make Manny mad. 
probably saying, don't probably don't go back and watch this episode. Yeah, Manny, who do you think said something terrible? Me, Josh, or Paige? Wait. Definitely not me. So it's a hundred percent Cody. Well, I mean, I he was I a soccer. Played, I played yeah. the fifth. Yeah, no, I don't. It was a hundred percent. No, we're just talking about how amazing like thought space athletics art is and. You know that that tattoo tattoo artist mentality is amazing, and we need to kind of push that forward more in disc golf. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. So I don't even guys, know what my thought was. Josh, Josh we're moving to closing name. thoughts. Josh, what are your closing thoughts? I'm gonna put my foot in my mouth, and really, you never get a stamp from <laughs> yeah. Manny done. Well, I mean, we talked a lot about what discs can replace other discs, and how di- certain discs are really cool that are coming out, and they fly great. I think you throw what feels comfortable, man. Don't listen to people unless you like to try out a lot of discs and then take someone else's opinion that you trust. They say, try this disc out, try it out. What if it does take that slot of that one disc you thought you would never get rid of because it flies so perfectly for you? And all of a sudden, this other disc has one notch different. It's just what you've been waiting for. So try out other discs, but also don't throw things you don't need to throw. I like that. I like that a lot. Um, exploratory world of disc golf. It hurts me when I see somebody with like, I mean, it's cool to see that they've thrown the same disc for like 20 years, but it also hurts me because the discs have changed so much and there's so much amazing plastic out there that they're missing out. And who knows if that's that one step that can make that difference of a hole you never birdied before or, you know, something. And so I like your advice, Josh. I think it's always good. Um, I'll move to my closing thoughts tonight. We have USDTC this week, which is always exciting. Um, for me, that just reminds me that championship-level courses are designed for championship-level players, and I think they're out there showing it this weekend. Those that think it's gimmicky aren't there, and those that belong there are there, and I think that's cool and exciting. We have another major in town, and you know all eyes are going to be peeled on it this weekend, and you're starting to see big scores taken on some of these holes, and I think that's cool. Um, Because I think as we start to advance, like with course designing, you should be looking at some of these holes of what makes them difficult, what makes them hard, and what makes them like unattainable, right? Take the gimmick out, and how can we replicate some of those holes to actually further disc golf? And for me, I look at USDGC a lot of that way. You know, when you have the the hay bale hole, you saw that at European Open. They went and took their own approach. You see it other places now where you're starting to see island hits. So for me course designers out there take note take note what's for making this hole harder what's making the, like these things and i think that's exciting um so outside of like what the players are doing and how the scores are doing look at the course this is a course that stood the testament of time and continues to send the testament of time so for me i get excited about that so that's my closing thoughts guys cody's shaking his head because quite frankly he doesn't uh <laughs> understand damn <laughs> damn all right guys I hope that's Manny. With that, I hope that's Manny. It's definitely I hope Manny. It's Manny. With that, guys, keep jamming it in the rough. <laughs> <laughs>